What's up, everybody? Welcome in. It's the PHNX Cardinals podcast, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your programming. Become a diehard. Go PHNX.com. Pick up a free hat and or shirt like the Greg Dorch <laughs> Tia. Every single year, you are a diehard. What's up to the chat? What's up to my co-host, my brother, Bo Brock, today on a football Tuesday? How are we living? Uh, you know, I thought we were living pretty well. And then, you know, I wake up and uh, see that the premier mock draft or NFL draft expert, Daniel Jeremiah, has uh, crafted himself another mock draft. And I innocently open it up and to my horrified eyes, uh, I, I felt betrayed a little bit by DJ today. So I, I know we're going to get into it, but, you know, and I, I also would like to say hi to the chat. Han shot first. What's going on? DD, what's going on? Gannonite. See you, Chase. I see you, Tyler. I see you, Emily. Crew's here. Exciting. I mean, here to talk some Cardinals football. Less than a week away, we're going to be in Indianapolis, hanging out by your favorite TJ Max, watching the uh, NFL Combine. I'm a Maxinista, baby. That's right. <laughs> I will not forget my winter coat this year. Last year, I did not have a coat, and I had to go into TJ Max and uh, buy one on the spot. And I don't even know what happened to that coat. No. Uh, Brian in the chat, love this comment. He said, was Bulbrock more burned in Mobile or for his mock draft? <laughs> <laughs> Look, sometimes you take an L in life, and it was a valuable lesson. But, uh, you know, I'm going to give my Tebow speech here, and you're not going to see anybody that's going to study harder. You're not going to see anybody that's going to uh, work all the different scenarios in future mock drafts harder than I am. I'm, yeah. I'm going to... Uh, I, I'm going to hit the analytics. I'm going to hit the manalytics. I'm going to hit the dogalytics. Thanks, Jess. I hate this show already, by we're, the way. We're going, I hate everything. I'm about going as hard as anybody can go uh, from here on forth because I need to make up for that giant poop stain that I call a mock draft <laughs> yesterday. Are we even going to do one next week in, in Indy? Are we going to do a live mock draft on there, you think? Yeah, we should. We'll just sit there. We'll have one computer in front of us, which I think played in a tremendous advantage to you. Screen, though, because we're not <laughs> going to be on stream yet. I, I think you might have to live with this for a couple different weeks, but uh, I digress. It's great to see everybody uh, here in the chat. Like this video. Become uh, a member here on the YouTube page, a subscriber, as they say. Um, let's start with Daniel Jeremiah. Because I, it was semi-horrifying. So let's paint the picture. Are folks cooling on Jaden Daniels? I sure hope not. But you've got, let's just call a spade a spade. I think Matt Miller is a little bit fraudulent uh, as a draft analyst. He's not my favorite person. And he's out there saying today, hot take, Jaden Daniels or whomever shouldn't go to the Patriots because they can't support a rookie. And we're already playing revisionist history of because it didn't work with Bryce Young and the Panthers roster was a mess, that means Patriots better not take a rookie quarterback. Like, what? can, can we be fair for a second? That's a terrible, terrible take <laughs> by Matt Miller. And I like, I just, he's just not my favorite guy. I think, he, I'm sure he's a nice dude. I have never heard him say anything that I'm just like super valuable. Thank you, Matt Miller. Yeah. I saw that today and I'm like, <laughs> is that coming out? Because Daniel Jeremiah did what he did in his mock draft. I Maybe. Oh man! It, yeah, I mean, how many top drafted quarterbacks? How how often are are they going into an organization with the infrastructure, you know, that really would complement and and really raise the game of of a rookie signal caller? 
It, it, it very rarely happens. I mean, no. if you're picking at the top of the draft, your roster is usually in shambles. So that argument absolutely stinks. And Should the it, Cardinals have passed on Kyler Murray because they've had the first overall pick and they couldn't that, support him? I mean, that's right. I mean, as far as that, that's the argument. Right, one of the worst rosters in 2018. It has no business. You, you you could make that case against any position, but if you're gonna make one for a position and you're gonna say they don't have the infrastructure, and I'm paraphrasing, he just said that they don't have the roster in place for a rookie quarterback. Then you don't have a fucking roster in place for a wide receiver. If I mean, come on, what are we doing here? Like you, like it's the most important position in sports. And if there's a player that you deem valuable enough, or that you've scouted and say that's a franchise caliber signal caller, you go get him. I don't like that's what that's your starting off point because then going forward you say, hey, we got that box checked. And I know that you can put, you know, it's not the ideal situation. Bryce Young, it was, it was awful for the poor kid last year. It was awful for Trevor Lawrence. But often what happens is you make a significant jump in year two. Your organization builds around you at that point. It's, easy, it's, it's way easier, I think, from a team-building standpoint to start with the quarterback and then build out instead of build the entire roster and then say, oh, we're just a quarterback away. Because how many how many quarterbackless teams have been just rattleless ships for so many seasons? It's like, go ask the Atlanta, go ask every team in the NFC South. They're like a quarterback away. They've spent years building up their rosters. Atlanta's got B. John Robinson and Drake London and Kyle Pitt. Doesn't matter. It does not matter. And then he did he did kind of allude to like, this isn't like Houston last year with, quote, a Hall of Fame left tackle in Laramie Tunsil. Houston's pass protection wasn't very good. Right. Like, they they hit on, a, I, I think, a, a blue-chip quarterback prospect. And now a top-10 yeah. quarterback in C.J. Stroud. Like, this is not an inexact science. Like, you have to roll the dice at the end of the day. If this was an exact science, every year teams would, would go perfect for drafting quarterbacks. And the ones that we knew would bust, nobody would take those guys. No one would take you know, once upon a time, a Johnny Manziel. But, like, we don't know. you got to roll the dice at the end of the yeah. day. I I can't believe we've gotten to a point now in the offseason mm-hmm. where it's appropriate to say, you know what, to your point, Bo, don't take the QB, you're not ready, but take the receiver who doesn't have a quarterback, right? So we compare him with a Ryan Tannehill or yeah. a Jacoby Brissett. That's the ticket. That's what we want to be doing. <laughs> Let's start the clock on when we have to pay Marvin before we even get the quarterback. I can't believe that's the rationale. And to people's credit in the chat, it's like, if the Patriots don't take a quarterback, the only alternative is to trade down and yeah. do what the Cardinals did last year and get assets and resources. Like, Cardinals have seven picks, six picks in the top 100, seven picks in the top 105. If the Patriots want to emulate that approach, go ahead. But to sit there and say, and it's not just because I'm a Marvin Harrison Jr. stan and I desperately mm-hmm. want him in the desert, like, you sent for Marv. You're, I you're do, big Marv. Very much. Marv and I'm not even sure what that term means <laughs> half the time, but I, I accept it. I I, I, I I admit it. The, the New England Patriots with Marvin Harrison Jr. is such a waste for not yes. only the league and the draft process, but for the Patriots themselves. You're in a division where you uh, inclement weather. You're you just you, it's just not an option for them short term. You I like we always talk about the, the Cardinals. Dude, a lot of these teams deserve to su- draft and support a rookie quarterback. That's a narrative that's out there. You don't deserve to draft Marvin Harrison Jr. Like, that's as bluntly as I can put it. Like, it, it fits nothing with your rebuilding timeline. Where do you start? 
like somebody asked Matt Miller that maybe I will, maybe I'll just jump on, on, on the bird on you X. Might say trade down and I'll just say, Hey Matt, if you don't start with a quarterback, where do you start? Because it, traditionally that's, that's what I, what I know to be true. And, and maybe you could, what you could say, what the, the correct thing would to, to say is like, Hey, I don't see it in Jaden Daniels. I just don't see him as, as the guy as a, as a franchise caliber quarterback. I just don't. But instead, it's like, hey, New England doesn't have the ability to elevate this guy's game. Well, I would say that's half the league. I mean, that that's. But if if you can find a guy, I, the, and his him pointing just to the most recent, um, just example of that in Carolina Panthers, I I I'm skeptical of of just Bryce Young going forward, and mm-hmm. and I think that that it's it's more in the case of the quarterback himself. Because I think you know, obviously Kyler Murray proved way more than Bryce Young ever did in his rookie season. Not even close. It, yeah, it's not. And and he had the the organization going in the right direction. And then Steve Kime the next offseason is like, hey, I got to go get a playmaker for now for this guy. Got to you know, he goes out and he gets a DeAndre Hopkins and so on and so forth. And you and you move forward, right, building around that guy. But if he's not the guy, it, it's a it's a problem. And I see in the chat, you know, I think it was. Victor saying it was it Victor and I apologize if it wasn't. Um, you know, it hasn't it's 49ers have seemed to be able to do it pretty well. Well, the 49ers seem to be the exception. And then also the 49ers whiffed tremendously on a quarterback and they had him with an incredible infrastructure. And it comes down to the prospect where Trey point. Lance was just bad. He's just a bat. He can't play. Matt the Miller, team. by the way, is a Niner fan. And I see a lot of people in the chat saying he hates on Kyler Murray. It's because he's a Niner fan. In part, and so well, like, I, I also hard can I, be object. It's hard for yeah. him to be objective about the Niners and non-objective about the Arizona Cardinals and quote unquote their dysfunction. But to your point right there, it's like he what he's suggesting is just go the Trey Lance route. Just we'll wait until the roster is ready to go, then we'll pounce. Everybody, thankfully, in his comments, and I just checked them, Bo. People are like laughing my ass off. Like, what are you even talking about? Like. <laughs> Like you either sink or swim. I saw somebody make that comment to him. Like, yeah, you like a guy's either has the goods or he doesn't. Now you don't want to get him killed, but like, are we saying that? Well, after you take Jaden Daniels or Drake May third, like that's it, the roster's set. No, you be aggressive. You sign players in free agency. You can recoup more dra- draft assets. You build a team, and you got to hit on your picks. Like at the end of the day, that that's what it's about. You got to go out and hit on like Tank Dell. Mm-hmm. of the world you have you have to be creative like that like cj Stroud, as great as he was didn't do it by himself nico collins came into his own so like i'm i'm somebody needs to tell matt miller like the offseason doesn't start and end with Jaden daniels or drake may at number three you get other assets and resources maybe they should re-sign their best free agent which just happens to play offensive line that'd probably help that probably helped the case a little bit for Jaden daniels succeeding so i don't know man it just feels like we're we're in this territory of well let's just say things to say things at this point because we're too in vogue with the top four in the draft coming out the way everybody predicts it to be is that it i mean has has it is the draft gonna go does it just feel like it's pointing all signs to chalk being three quarterbacks and then the arizona cardinals with the opportunity to get marvin harrison jr and in people's bosses are like well We've been saying this now for over a month. We need something different. Is 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 you know Miller's tweet today and Daniel Jeremiah, who you know I, I think is well is the most respected. I think I think he's the premier NFL draft expert right now. I mean he's the draft expert, the lead guy for the NFL Network and their draft coverage. And you know he's 
cooking up the mock draft 2.0 that he did today? It, like, is it, is it all just a product of, hey, it's February 20th. We got more than two months to get to the NFL draft and we can't have our top five basically locked in. Yes, 100%. And I also think like it plays a part in the speculation that the league wants to withhold. We remember like the Cardinals knew they were taking Kyler Murray for weeks and the league didn't want them to allude to that. And I also think now with this Justin Fields situation feeling very more imminent, more imminent by the day, then it becomes, well, we need New England to have some intrigue and we need the commanders to have some intrigue, which quarterback they're going to take, right? Because it's a, it's a it's a television product at the end of the day. Justin Fields is going to be traded. Like, could he be traded today? Could he be traded before the combine? I think that's very much on the table. He's unfollowing everybody on social media. That you know, you I I think I saw recently he's being the number one overall pick is being removed from draft sites to even wager on because it's a foregone conclusion. Caleb Williams is going to go to Chicago. I I think now it's just like okay, what can we stir up for some intrigue at pick two and really pick number three. Uh, it's, it's interesting. And you bring up Daniel Jeremiah. Let's go ahead and take a look at his yeah. mock draft, his top 10, which, I mean, listen, Malik neighbors is a great prospect. He's a great prospect. He goes fourth overall to the Cardinals. This is very similar to my mock yesterday, Marvin Harrison jr. Going third to the Patriots, Jaden Daniels, for whatever reason, Jaden Daniels is ready to succeed for the giants, but not the Patriots, you know, <laughs> make that make sense. Whatever. Joe Alt, Alu new sandwich between J.J. McCarthy to the Falcons, which is just horrifying if you're a Falcon fan. Roma Dunze, great value for the Bears, and, and Fuega somehow sneaking into the top 10. So three tackles go top 10, along with three wide receivers. Um, I don't see a defensive player in there, which leads you to believe that this draft is offensive heavy. Looking at this mock, Bo, I mean, what what do you make of it? Is this worst-case scenario for the Cardinals? Uh <sighs> This is so just a qualifier. Daniel Jeremiah does point out that he doesn't make any trades. So um, I think that this is, this is not worst case scenario. I think that you, if this were to be how, it, how the draft dominoes fall for the Arizona Cardinals, I, I don't think you and I would have a tough time painting this as, as a positive for Monty Austinfort and Jonathan Gannon going forward, but it doesn't maximize their ability to get better in kind of turn into this well-oiled machine that's going to be uh, just full of draft capital and assets while also infusing the roster with talent. But Malik neighbors, like let's not, let's not discount how really talented he is in that he is the second best playmaker in this draft behind a Marvin Harrison jr. I, I, I don't know what the Cardinals would do in this scenario. I know their preference would be to trade down. Mm-hmm. I can't sit here and tell you that they would take, Malik neighbors over Joe Alt or Alu Fashionu. Yeah, I don't disagree with that either, but um, I just don't think that this is the worst of all reality. I, no, I don't either. I think it's disrespectful sure. to Malik neighbors to suggest yeah. that. Yeah. I I think the if you had if you had asked me if this if this goes down this way and there's not a trade partner, and I don't I don't know who they have ranked higher between the two tackles, I would say it's Joe Alt would be the picket for well. And it comes down to, Johnny, to your point, it's like if the New England Patriots aren't going to do what's best for their organization, it absolutely is either taking a quarterback or maximizing the third pick like Monty Austin Ford did last year and trading down and accumulating assets. If they're not going to do it, and they're going to be selfish losers and take Marvin Harrison Jr. So selfish. Take it from, from, steal it from us. 
then Monty Osford has nothing else to do but to, to do what the Patriots should have done and do it again for a second consecutive draft and maximize his pick. And the best way to do that is to just kind of – and it has an, a bigger advantage than he did last year and actually having a quarterback on the board that somebody's going to come want to come up for. And I think that he could really, really get uh, some pretty decent results while staying within striking distance of top 10 talent. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. I think – like you call up the Atlanta Falcons and you're like, you really want to roll with JJ McCarthy or you want a chance at Jaden Daniels. Let's have a conversation. Even if it's like you go from th- four to eight and you're looking at, if you can't get a one next year, you get maybe two twos or something like that. You, you weigh that option. Right. I'm, and, I'm and with like you. What you were saying, man, like Malik neighbors is, 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 is worth the fourth overall selection. Yes, in it's the not draft. a reach by Joe anybody. Alt as well. And you could probably say Olu Fashno. And I think that there's, there are players that are worthy of that. But as far as the conversation becomes, what's the best way to maximize your pick? Right. Fourth overall, Marvin Harrison Jr. is there. You stick and pick. That's maximizing your pick. You get a generational type talent right there immediately on your roster. That's the best move for your franchise to come away from the fourth overall selection and draft and say, hey, we, we did the best we could with that selection. And I'm then, so glad you brought that up, too, yeah. by the way. Because we faced this situation last year with the Arizona Cardinals where you and I sat there and pounded the table and said, Tyree Wilson is not worth the third overall pick. He wasn't our favorite prospect to begin with, but when the Cardinals were being mocked Tyree Wilson and we heard that they kind of low-key liked him, not only is that a bad move from an optic standpoint with Will Anderson Jr., he just he was not a, a good enough prospect to be top five, frankly. And he fell out of the top five as, as a result. Like, Witherspoon, we felt good about him. And even, you know, I would have been okay, wouldn't have been my first choice, Paris Johnson Jr., third overall, because he had the tape. He had the positional value. He was the number one tackle. Like, there is no Tyree Wilson scenario the Cardinals are going to face this year, even at a pick later, because they're so fortunate these quarterbacks are going to go where they where they are. But I, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, okay, Marvin's gone at three. You're Monty Austin Ford. You can't trade down. I think right now, unequivocally, if you if you ask me, what are they doing? They're, I think they're going to take an offensive tackle. And we're going to have some more information we're going to be able to give out as we inch closer to the combine with regard to the plan with their offensive line. But I, I 100% believe that this franchise thinks that, okay, we can get a left tackle for Kyler Murray or right tackle, and then we can get a receiver later. And like that's not my preference. But I believe that they think deep down, we develop Michael Wilson, mm-hmm. maybe we go receiver at 27 or 35, and then we go receiver again late in the third round. Yeah. And then we can double up on a couple players. Uh, I, I Real quick, then I'll shut up. I think that initially we thought there's a better chance to get your secondary tackle at 27. I wonder now if there's a better chance to get the receiver. Yeah. I mean, when I was... Uh... When I was hoisting up jumpers today, working on my mock draft game, uh, you know, I was there was a couple different scenarios, right? Because where Jaden Daniels is in the PFF mock draft simulator, my simulator of choice, yes. um, they have Jaden Daniels twenty second overall, and he often the Patriots are taking Marvin Harrison Jr. those dirty rat bastards, mm. um, and I'm having to pivot, right? And one of the moves is to you know either stick and pick or, and take a Joe Alt 
or Malik Neighbors or trade down, and then yep. you know you're taking Olt or Fashionu, and then at 27th overall, you're you're looking at guys like Troy Franklin, and you know that's that's not the worst consolation prize, and mm-hmm. you know with what you would get in return for for a trade down. Uh, plus those type, those caliber of players. I mean, Troy Franklin, a six-three playmaker out of Oregon, obviously a different tier below the top three guys in uh, in Marv and in Malik and in Roma Dunze. But you know, certainly somebody that's going to make plays at the NFL level. So um, it's it, it absolutely could just flip itself and just go. You're looking to to really bolster the offensive line and work on the trenches with the top prospects in the draft or you're leaning on the depth at the back end, or and you flip that tackle with wide receiver. I think their preference, based on the information that you and I are gathering behind the scenes, is Marvin is generational, and he's almost like the exception to like how they want to roster build. And you have to go with it because he's a Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones kind of player. And if that's not an option... If we I, like, I don't want a waterfront property, but if it's available to me at a good price and my buddy's <laughs> selling it to me and I don't have to get a crazy lender, I'm going to pursue that. Yeah. But if that's not an option, I'm not just going to detour off of my original plan. And I think I very much believe that the original plan, if Marvin's not there and it's taken us a couple of weeks to vet this bow is meat and potatoes, offensive line and, uh, you know, hopefully making some money in the process in the terms of wins. Can you make some money winning with our friends at BetMGM? Bet5, get 150 instantly. We're going to talk about Daniel Jeremiah, what he did with the Arizona Cardinals on the back end. Were the Cardinals winners? We'll find out. But you can be winners with our friends at BetMGM. We've got NBA action right around the corner with the conclusion of the All-Star break. Of course, the Coyotes, you're going to bet on them to keep losing. Might be a smart bet, frankly, with how they've been playing. <laughs> But regardless, if you're going to wager, do it with our friends at BetMGM with the bonus code PHNX. Tell them PHNX Cardinals sent you by downloading the BetMGM Sportsbook app on your iOS or Android device or check them out at BetMGM.com. Sign up, deposit at least a five spot on your newly created account. Remember, it's for new customers, folks. Place a wager in the amount of a $5 standard odds price once you have your bet placed. Regardless of the outcome of your wager, you're getting 150 in bonus bets. You win, you get that money plus the bonus bets. If you bust, hey, 115 bonus bets, not a bad place to be, but you got to be with our friends at BetMGM. You got to use the bonus code PHNX. Check out the show notes for full details. Now listen to my sweet, sweet producer, the baby boy, Damon Dog. Talk about it in the disclaimer. Promo code 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope 467 369 York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA. 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA. 1-800-2707-117 for confidential help Michigan. 1-800-991-0023 Puerto Rico in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms. This promotional offer is not available in New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Let's talk about more ways how that code PHNX can save you money, get you money. Uh, with our friends over at Empire today, you're looking for new flooring, new carpeting in your home, your condo, wherever it may be. Check out our friends over at Empire today, carpeting and flooring, and they're making it easy. They're making it quick. They're making it convenient. Three words, not synonymous with the uh, daunting task of new flooring in your 
your humble abode. With Empire today, they you get to shop at your convenience for the right product for your needs with that quick professional installation with people that know what they're doing. It's like the Monty Austin Fort Jonathan Gannon of flooring. They're going to know the ins. They're going to know the outs. They're going to know the whys. They're going to know the hows and the how-tos. And Empire today, they got the best place for new flooring. And, of course, they have all the copycaps out there. And don't don't look to them because the most easy, quick, convenient place to do it is Empire today. Check out their floor, their virtual floor designer where you can look at what your actual dwelling is going to look like with new flooring on their virtual floor designer. Check it out and start uh, your process with $350 off immediately. Go to empiretoday.com slash PA. HNX. That's going to help you save $350 off new floors with EmpireToday.com with that slash PHNX. It's going to help you save some cash. Jalen Blair, friend of the program in the chats, he said, so yesterday you guys alluded to they could spend big money on offensive line free agency. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Then turn around and pick another O-line if uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. isn't there. That's also correct. Yeah, <laughs> I. the sense of urgency is there to get better up front on the offensive line, we've been told. Um, and again, uh, have a pretty good idea of what they're going to do with Paris Johnson Jr. We'll be able to speak on that more here in the in the coming days. But um, they need a starting caliber tackle. Uh, and again, that's not a shot at Kelvin Beecham, but I think if if trying to read the tea leaves a little bit, Bo, I think they view Kelvin Beecham as what he was last year: swing tackle, spot starter, helping a pinch. Mm-hmm. I don't think they want to go into the season with Kelvin Beecham as one of their starters. Um, and I also believe that. You've got Will Hernandez coming into his final year of his contract. Feel pretty good about Froholt, but he's also only under contract for one more year. And you don't have a, a starting left guard. So I, I think if you ask me, you know, do they want a rookie tackle protecting Kyler Murray? If they have to, they will. But then I look at these tackles in free agency. They're not very good. They're, I mean, it's 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 too big of an investment for some of these guys. So Jalen Blair, if you put me on the spot, I would say big money guard in free agency, top prospect at tackle, and then maybe another pick in the middle rounds invested again on the interior. That would be my guess. I have no idea if that's how it's going to play out, but I would say like a, a decent money invested in a guard to play next to a rookie, maybe even on the left side. Yeah, when you invest in the trenches, when you, especially when you invest on the offensive line, uh, when you give professional quarterbacks, I don't care if it's Kyler Murray or if you get down to guys like Joshua Dobbs or mm-hmm. you know Colt McCoy two seasons ago, when you give those guys time, uh, they have the ability to to win and, and and go through their progressions and find the open receivers, and it doesn't you don't have to have a tremendous skill set or play hero ball. To, to make plays to win football games. It just simplifies things. And I think that that's one of the main things about this new organizational direction, right? As far as the game plan, as far as how they coach things, it's not, they're not reinventing things, right? It's, it's not just like, it's not just next level, high, high level, you know, mathematics or, you know, rocket science. It's this, it's the organization doing simple things at a high level. It's like when we talk to Chris Sims on radio row, um, Chris Sims goes through the Los Angeles Rams offensive game plan. And it's, you know, some variation of four to five to six plays that they keep uh, a conflict with the opposing defense. And I think that the Arizona Cardinals are, are much in line with that when what they want to do organizationally and when they invest in simple things like up front, 
in a premium positions like the tackle position that just help their quarterback, no matter who it is behind under center in the shotgun, it gives them the ability to to win each and every Sunday. Yeah, hundred percent. Like that, it's what travels in the NFL: run yeah. games and defense. And I, you know, I love a, a, a flashy passing game as much as the next guy, but I also think Kai the Marine. People have attested to this. Looked his best this year without weapons with a quality offensive line. And I mm-hmm. think part of the reason it catches me off guard is I thought we talked about this yesterday. I thought the offensive line was the best position unit on the team. Cardinals yeah. do not feel that way. They they feel like they overachieved and they got through this season mostly unscathed outside of God love them, DJ Humphreys, which we can probably, you know, get, give some insight. They don't expect him to be back next year. Yeah. So, I mean, like they're going to invest but you're also by investing in the offensive line, it's cliche. You're you're investing in Kyler Murray. You're investing in your franchise quarterback to say, okay, Kyler, and we we talk about this even with Marvin, like go out and make Michael Wilson and a bunch of rookies and Trey McBride elevate them. That's why you're being paid franchise quarterback money. Kyler Murray can't elevate a sieve offensive line, an offensive line that's getting smoked by Nick Bosa week in no. and week out. Like as zona in the chat saying quality o-line will be crucial for kyler absolutely and it's also crucial for the tone that they want to set up front and how they win football games like james connor played his best football at the end of the year when they said you know what we're just going to ride number six and we're going to work off a play action and kyler murray his pass efficiency there's a tweet going around that supports it was top 10 in the nfl and that's often acl with I love Greg Dorch, Greg Dorch podcast. Greg Dorch is number one receiver. I mean, like there's so much room for growth, but the identity, the DNA of this team is physicality, north and south. It's not east and west with undersized receivers anymore. Yeah. It just isn't. It's, I mean, it, it's a, and what's truly refreshing um, is, you know, there's whack jobs like myself and my co hosts, and we'll fire up a mock draft and we're staring down, you know, wide receiver in the first, and we're looking at wide receivers as early as in the second and third round. The organization is not. And no. the organization to, to to what you said, and I agree with you, like the offensive line was one of the bright spots of the team last year. And whether it's Monty Austinfort, Jonathan Gannon, O line coach, and they look at it and they said, it's good, but it can be better, and it needs to get better if we want to go to where we want to where we want to go, and and that's fantastic because it, it, runs, it that hasn't been in the building. Oh, I know he's just their coordinator, but who runs this offense? It's Drew Petzing. Well, where did yeah. Drew Petzing come from? What was the infrastructure of Cleveland? Multiple, multiple highly drafted offensive linemen, including I think at least one, maybe two first round tackles. Right, an investment. In, a, in a, uh, a mid to late round back, I say mid, Nick Chubb was a second rounder, Kareem Hunt, they signed in free agency, Ninjoku, okay, who I think, did they draft him or did they mm-hmm. sign him as a free agent? So he they was a first him. round tight end. So there's your Trey McBride. What are the, who are their receivers? They traded a fifth round pick for Amari Cooper. They had Donovan Peoples-Jones once upon a time, who was a seventh rounder. They have a bunch of mid round receivers and the Cardinals aren't going to do that. But that just shows the identity of this offense is Kyle Shanahan, Cleveland. And the Niners got Debo in the second round. They splurged on Ayuk when they had two first rounders. He was the second after Javon Kinlaw, who was a huge bust for them. So I, again, on the spot today, what's, what's today? February 20th. Marvin is in a tier by himself. And I fully believe, and take this to the bank, they will draft Marvin Harrison Jr. if he's there at number four. If he is gone, and they, even if they can trade down, but let's just say they can't, 
the preference is to take a tackle right now today is my belief of what they're going to do. And you can sell me on that. I think you, you can see like people will be disappointed. Like, Oh, I got socks and underwear for my birthday. But when you're, when you're changing in, in the locker room and you got yeah. holes in your undies and you look like you look like a hobo, like, then you're going to appreciate that. That's you, you got just this, the standard stuff. Like you, you need that. It's necessary, right? We yeah. keep saying eat your, veg, eat your vegetables. So, uh, you don't want, you don't want that. You don't want those stained draws. You, you, you want to, you want some fresh one. And you, I love like, and we all have to be comfortable with Malik neighbors succeeding elsewhere, by the right. way. Yeah. Everybody wants right. a, everybody wants a pair of J's and look cool walking down the hallways, but you know, I need your, under, your undergarments got to be, yeah, come on. I need that deodorant. I need to drive some people away. You get down to it. I don't care who you're with. They're going to say you're a stinky boy and they don't want to hang out with you anymore. Steven saying, why is Bo looking at my underwear? I don't know. Good question. <laughs> Let's get I, it together. We, Invest in, in, yeah, in your trenches, right? Is it, listen, get yourself some underwear. Also, we ran over this uh, and, and it completely different in, Vanessa, happy birthday. I see that. Happy uh, birthday, Vanessa. Yep. Happy birthday on the heels of our weird conversation that went into uh... <laughs> Just people hanging out talking about undies. Let's talk about safeties. This is super chat here. First one of the day. Um, I don't want to ignore this one. Let's get this up. We've got some scrub, which is mm. not some scrub. $1.99. Jeremy Chin as a free agent to replace Buddha next year. I'm going to go out on a limb, some scrub. I don't think they're ever going to sign a safety and free agency. I will make a, not a big money safety, not a big money safety. Yeah. Gannon made Reed Blankenship a plus player in Philadelphia. Gannon, that's his position. That's his baby. I think mm -hmm. it's part of the reason we've speculated Buddha's future here, not a premium position long-term. They don't want to invest a bunch of money. I think the future of the safety position for the Arizona Cardinals post 2024 is Jalen Thompson and a mid rounder, a mid to late rounder and some undrafted players as crazy as that sounds, but we've been conditioned and I love Buddha to sometimes prioritize positions that maybe don't matter. Jalen Thompson was a fifth rounder and he's one of the yeah. best players on their team. So, yeah. And, and same goes for off ball linebackers, right? Yeah. Um, I saw an article today. It was, or within the last two days, it was Matt Bowen for ESPN. And he was just kind of connecting all that dots. Uh, Frank Laboo. Um, who works with Britton Golden. He works out with him. Britton went to the game for the Panthers, you know, got a relationship, and Frank has had an incredible career, and he's going to probably get the bag this offseason as, as having, you know, 100-plus tackles, five-and-a-half sacks, picks. He's all over the place. See, I remember when the Cardinals were there in 2022, he was a guy that was making big-time plays for that defense, but I think the Arizona Cardinals have the confidence, at least on the defensive side of the football with Jonathan Gannon and Nick Rollis, that they're going to not have to invest a premium on off-ball linebackers like Mike and, and Mo linebackers and safeties. They're just not going to spend money on them. They're just not. It's not a premium position to this organization. They, they, they have the confidence. Uh, it's not arrogant. It's like it's the confidence, to, and they, they've got the proof to show it, that they can take guys undrafted linebacker out of Wisconsin and TJ Edwards and a cast off and cause you're white and turn them into top linebackers and take guys like Marcus Epps and take guys like Reed Blankenship and put them in positions with their defensive calls to be successful. And then you have your premium positions like your edge, your corners, outside corners that are, 
making big time plays for your defense. Um, what about Sneed Landor? I have not heard if they're going to be in on Sneed. I don't know if Sneed's going to be available from Kansas City. Certainly would be an upgrade for the Cardinals. No insight on that as of yet. Jalen Blair asking, I feel like the talk about Buddha too much to let him go. Uh, could you see them extending Buddha and trading JT after 2024 when he has no more guaranteed money, hmm. only one year left on his deal? No, I think Jalen Thompson, they, I mean, they love Buddha too, but like Jalen Thompson is younger and cheaper. You're going to go yeah. with the younger and cheaper guy who, by the way, had a, I mean, like, we'll see what happens in 2024. Jalen Thompson was better than Buda Baker this year, like in terms of like impact on Sunday. And I love Buda and you have to game plan for Buda. Jalen Thompson took the ball away, had big time turnovers, takeaways. Go look what he did to CJ Stroud in the second half of the Houston game when the defense shut out Houston, terrorized Houston and their receivers and their tight ends. So I think it, it, it's probably not great team building as much as I love him. And the Cardinals did this with Adrian Wilson once upon a time to extend the safety into his thirties. It's just probably not the best that you're, you're going to, the Cardinals will have gotten after this year, if they keep him the best years of hopefully a hall of fame level career for Buda Baker. Now it's Steve Kime, Cliff Kingsbury, Michael Bidwell's fault that they couldn't win more while Buda was here, but that's not Austin Ford and Gannon's fault. Now to say, well, we've got to keep Buda into this next fave, phase because we're going to win a bunch of games you just it's that's tough man it's football that's life that's business and Buddha's yeah. got a lot of money and if i mean if he goes ring chasing with another team you know more power to him yeah i had to look this quote up uh that i got from one of the near the end of the year jonathan gannon press conferences and this is what he said about jalen thompson and i asked the question and he said he's got a versatile skill set everything you want to me in the modern nfl yep. and if you think about the season that Jalen Thompson had. JT was a guy that throughout ca training camp was playing slot corner. He was playing a different position. He wasn't playing his, his usual safety role, and he started the season as their slot corner. Now, when Garrett Williams came, the rookie was finally healthy coming off his ACL tear. He moved to his normal safety position. Mm -hmm. And no matter where he was, he was excelling for the Arizona Cardinals. And I, I'm sure there's a ton of love a ton of love for Buda Baker in that organization. But I would bet that Jonathan Gannon absolutely just loves Jalen Thompson and, and what he brings to, to the for to this team each and every week. I mean, there's there's a three-year age difference between the two yeah. of them. I mean, one guy is gonna be 28 when the season starts, the other guy's gonna be 26. I mean, it's just is that right? Just, yeah. Jalen Thompson's only 25. He turns 26 this summer. Buddha That's just insane. turned 28. Yeah, you're not moving on. Jalen Thompson's going to be on the team. <laughs> you're going to keep Jalen Thompson. Uh, all right. What what about pick 27? Let's get back into the Daniel Jeremiah mock draft. This is the back half of his mock draft, a pick that I like a little bit more, a lot more. Uh, I also had Cooper DeGene in my mock draft, 25 to the Packers, before DJ had that, so I will take ownership of that. Um, Darius Robinson, just a mountain of a man, defensive look line. That guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, he <laughs> sat next to me, and I look like a small baby. I look like a small child, but he was going to burp over his shoulder. Uh, Missouri coming off one of their best seasons in recent memory should have beaten who they play. LSU should have beaten LSU. I mean, it had a tremendous season. He was a huge part of it, and that that guy, if he's if he signs with the Cardinals tomorrow, let's just say he's available, signs with the Cardinals tomorrow, is he the best player on their defensive line? Oh yeah. 
He is, and that's not that's not a rip on uh, Dante Stills. I think that it, it was a, last year was a testament to the pick that Dante Stills was, and he can be a part of the rotation. But my God, you're you 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 break the huddle, you turn around, and you're walking up to the line of scrimmage. And this guy, if you're watching on our, you know, you're watching live, and you see number six there, and uh, he's not going to be wearing six for the Cardinals, but this menacing, just massive human, and Darius Robinson, who plays with explosive. Uh, you know, movement and, and strength. I mean, that, that, that guy is, is a big time NFL player. And like, is, is 27 a reach for him? I don't think at this point, I think it's probably at the top end of where he could go, but it, it fills a need for him. You love the versatility that he brings to his, to the defensive line. Uh, he can play four, three defensive end. He can, he can play three, four defensive end. He can, he can move all over the place. You really like, what he brings and, and, and just kind of the, the violence that he plays with. He just seems like a Gannon Rollis type defensive player. Yeah. I mean, he's a penetrating five technique. I asked him what his preference. He says he doesn't have a preference. He can play on any defensive line. He can play that JJ Watt role. If they run a three, four and be the, be the edge guy, he can play the true defensive tackle as a five technique or a three technique mm-hmm. in a four, three. I mean, he's just, he's a violent player. Yeah. He is just, physically imposing which they just don't have they they had too many guys at the end of the year playing on their defensive line with with all due respect that should not be starting for nfl teams they right. don't look like nfl starting defensive linemen and you, damon did a good job with those graphics and we only show about you know obviously the 10 picks in the top 10 and then in, in that we showed five but like you're asking you know where's tyler guyton at, at this point he he wasn't on he was he went 24th in dj's mock drafts the dallas cowboys um, and you're looking for some other players like, you know, the pass rusher Latu went to the Dolphins 21st. You had Rake Straw, the, the corner, go to the Eagles 22. Brian Thomas Jr., probably if you take, uh, obviously Malik Neighbors, you're not taking a wide receiver at 27. So it, it, it was a little slim pickings. You had Mims maybe on the board if you wanted to go to the tackle route. Yeah. Um, Chop Robinson, as we showed, was a pick later, and I would much rather have Darius Robinson. I would too over Chop Robinson, who I think is going to be a good player. I think he's got the ability, but I, I think that what the Arizona Cardinals lack and what Robinson could bring immediately would be big. Also, Graham Barton was on the board, versatile offensive lineman out of Duke, and um, yeah, I mean, it, it's not like I, I think when you're looking for for us, like DJ's mock draft 1.0 was just. He was cooking, baby. I mean, when you you get Maserati Marv at fourth overall, and then you take a polarizing prospect like Cooper DeGene at 27th overall, and you're saying he's going to be, you know, potentially a starting outside corner for the Arizona Cardinals, I think that that sparks debate. And that's beautiful. I'll take that. Where I think this is like, okay, Marvin Harrison Jr. is off the board. So you take the next best player, and that's Malik Neighbors at fourth overall. And then you fill a need at 27th overall. And then you would just assume at 35th overall, if you don't trade down, um, you're taking an offensive lineman. Yeah, they would paint themselves in a tough spot there. They absolutely with the would. offensive line, sure. Yeah, and you would almost have to entertain taking a pick and going up and getting Tyler Guyton if he enters the the, the 20s. Like you would almost have to entertain kicking a third rounder to somebody and, and going and getting your tackle. And that that's it's a scary proposition. But hell, it's going to be scary if they if they take a tackle at four or wherever they take one. And then you're, you're, we're going to be stressed because receivers always go fast. Like this is a special tackle and receiver class and QB class. And the Cardinals need two of those three things. 
So it's a good place to be. But that means that like the surplus could go quickly, could go real quick. So I don't mind like if Darius Darius Robinson's probably going to be a top two to three defensive tackle in the first round for a lot of teams. Like, okay, do I want a ta- a defensive tackle with that kind of ceiling? who may be number two on their position board. I don't know that. Or like the 10th best offensive tackle. Like, are you, that's what you're going to have to weigh. I also think like, I don't, what's Malik neighbors floor. I don't know. I think Joe Alt's floor and Darius Robinson's floor are so effing high that at the end of the day, it's just like, those are two players. There's no sex appeal in terms of the pick themselves. There's a very little cachet, but you fast forward to November a random November Sunday next year and you want to battle your division and you're fighting for a playoff spot. And it's like, Hey, look, we have two blue chippers, one on the offense, one on the defense, both play line of scrimmage players. Like that's, that's where the NFL is won. It really is at the end of the day. Like how often have the Cardinals been pushed around by everybody in their division? Sean McVay just whips the Cardinals every year and they haven't fought back this franchise has not punched anybody in the mouth really consistently since Bruce Arians was here. Mm-hmm. They have they have been finesse and soft, really. And Gannon, notwithstanding, he, they were tough this year. They just didn't have the talent. They have basically taken like half a decade into, we are a finesse team. We've got a quarterback that's undersized, and we're going to support him by giving him also undersized supporting players. And we're not going to invest and develop defensive or offensive linemen. They need to get – It's. I think they're going to make the playoffs this year – but it's all about con- continually getting back to basics. Like, why did they win with Bruce Arians? They were physical. They had David Johnson. They pounded the football. Their receivers were physical. They had pass rushers, right? They, I know they traded for Dwight Freeney, but they had Calais Campbell. They had tone setters on the line of scrimmage. Cardinals need to get back to that. That's the only way you're going to beat your, your division rivals. You're not going to out-athlete these other teams right now. Not with Puka Nakua and Stafford potentially going to the Hall of Fame and everything going on in San Francisco. Seattle's got three wide receivers, but it doesn't matter if they don't have the quarterback. So it just putting the puzzle pieces together. And I saw somebody earlier ask about Zayvon Collins. We we can touch on that here a little bit, Bo. People wondering, is he going to have his fifth year option picked up? Are they going to trade him? I don't, they're not going to pick up his fifth year option because it would be very expensive. Bo, you tweeted Mm -hmm. that out. He's not going anywhere. They love Zayvon Collins. He's going to be a part of their rotation next year. I hope he pops, but he is, as much as like we're disappointed with how that pick has transpired, certainly below expectations, it's one of the biggest guys on the team. They yeah. don't have any other players that look like him, so they're going right. to hang on to him for now. Yeah, until they find some surefire, like not game wrecking, but impact making edge rushers. Yeah, like there, there's going to be a place for for Zayvon Collins, and I think there's always going to be a place, like especially in a rotation that like Rollis and JG run. Like there's going to be like guy who who brings a, a, a different look, different size, a different skill set. And there's also the expectation, I think, for Zayvon Collins to make a huge jump from year one to year two in his new position. Like there, there, across the board, like there is so much of an expectation that was set from this organization, its coaching staff and its front office for the players that were in that locker room last year to make a tremendous jump from 2023 to 2024. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's going to be huge. And if it doesn't happen, this is not an organization that's going to just sit around and say, okay, well, you know, we like you still like there is still going to be players are going to have to produce. Um, And did you see like, we're, you know, speaking of like 
just the division, like you to, to try to out physical these guys. I was looking at the rankings, like ESPN already did one, and NFL.com just released theirs, where it was the ranking the rookie classes. And Arizona Cardinals were once again in the top 10, uh, but so were two of their division mates. Like the Rams were third. And then you also had in the top 10 the Seattle Seahawks, and then the Arizona Cardinals were there at 10th. And it's like you're, you're walking around with your chest puffed out like, hell yeah, top 10 class. And then you see, oh, the Seahawks and the Rams. What the what the hell, man? What what has to be the differentiator is your quarterback play then. Sure. And coach like I Seattle to me without Pete Carroll and rolling with Geno Smith, like I the roster can be great. I still have major re- reservations. Sean McVay is elite. I think he's the best coach in the division. And when Stafford looks like he did at the end of the year, like, of course, everybody looks good by comparison. So, but yeah, it's, it's frustrating. You have to hope that there's some regression in the division. Yeah. You just organically, but mm-hmm. the Cardinals rightfully, rightfully bought their time this year were as competitive as they're, they were capable of being competitive. You know, they maxed out that roster and now you try to time it perfectly where San Francisco, I see somebody put in the chat, Didi, maybe a Super Bowl hangover, starting to pay some people, older players. Pete Carroll's gone. Could Stafford, Stafford McVay, will they or won't they leave every other year? Like you're setting yourself up for, could the Cardinals be the Green Bay Packers this year? They surprise some people. Maybe they start slow and then they pick up steam. Packers were the youngest team in the NFL this year. That's what you're hoping for. Get to mm-hmm. nine to ten wins and make some noise, and then come twenty twenty five, it's like, oh, we've we've reached contender status. We've hit on the right picks. Let's go. Yeah, uh, it, it's going to be. I, I agree with Didi. Twenty twenty four draft will be the most important in recent years. We need to hit on an A plus 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 this draft. Uh, look, I mean, it, it's it's an opportunity, especially in comparison and relative to what the talent pool was last draft and what it could potentially be. And it will materialize obviously during the college football season next year. But um, I think that this is the draft to, to really restock your, it's a good place to have double digit picks like Monty Osseport does. We're going to see if the Cardinals can get some investments before the NFL draft, some smart, I would say financial investments on the offensive and defensive line, but Before we do that, we're going to talk to you about making smart financial decisions with our friends at Desert Financial Credit Union, the official credit union of the Arizona Cardinals. For more than 84 years, Desert Financial has been Arizona's largest, most trusted local credit union, dedicating to creating exceptional experiences by giving back and providing financial solutions that both make lives better, including this guy. I've had Desert Financial Credit Union since I moved to the Valley. I have never Looked back on top of having a robust amount of options, including checking, savings, and more mortgages, loans, credit card, investment options, and more. Desert Financial has a ton of locations. That's what's most important to me. Going and getting my cash when I need to fast at a bunch of locations here in the East Valley and more. Plus, if you're an Arizona sports fan, no better opportunity, no better place to do your banking than Desert Financial Credit Union Represent the Red Sea. Check it out. The Red Sea Arizona Cardinal Visa debit card. You can see it listed down below. You can get yours for free right now. All you got to do, open up a free checking account online at desertfinancial.com slash cardinals to get started. Sign up. It takes a matter of minutes. And then right after, you're going to get your debit card in the mail just a couple days after the fact. One of the most seamless transactions you can do. 
for a financial institution that makes life better. Check them out, desertfinancial.com slash Cardinals to get started. Tough to beat what's going on over there at Desert Financial. If you're dialed in financially, uh, obviously, it's a little easier to do family outings. You know, go find some fun for yourselves. Uh, but it's easy with our friends over at Phoenix Raceway. You don't break the bank with what they're doing over at the newly renovated Phoenix Raceway. And they've got the Shriners Children's 500 NASCAR yeah. season in full swing. Uh, you're not going to go out there and have to pay top dollar to watch, you know, the professional NASCAR drivers out there make the turns on Phoenix Raceway. It's a great event, March 8th through 10th. The best in-class fan experience meets uh, the race's toughest drivers uh, for three days of action surrounded by the beautiful Australia Mountains. If anything, you're getting outside, you're enjoying the sights, the sounds, the revving of the engine, the, 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 the peeling of the tires. I don't know if that's the correct lingo. But I've been out there. I've been fortunate enough to have a hot pass, see the pits. It's unbelievable. Really kind of gets you going. It's exciting. You got kids. My son, I I mean, once I take him there, I'm probably not going to be able to get him out of the the venue there. But if you're a diehard racing fan or just simply looking for a fantastic day out, Phoenix Raceway is the place for you. And it promises fun for everyone with live entertainment. That Shriners Children 500, Phoenix Raceway, March 8th through 10th, Go get those good vibes for the whole family. Get your reserved grandstand tickets now at phoenixraceway.com. Tag, you're it, or are you? The Arizona Cardinals closely monitoring (laughs) the tag tracker here as uh, NFL teams. Cringe, just like. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking about my uh, transition after your read. And that was the best I could come up with. You were thinking, do I have any self-respect left for my, for me? Nope. Here we go. Hey, Hey, what do you think this is time to rip on me? Like your mock draft yesterday? No, it's not. This is serious tag tracker. Who's getting tagged. What's going down around the NFL circle franchise tag windows opened up today and go for a couple weeks here. Uh, NFL teams can begin negotiations with impending free agents of their own. The Arizona Cardinals because of the state of their roster, Nobody worth tagging. <laughs> Sorry, Hollywood Brown uh, and company. No tags being dished out by the Redbirds, but who's going to be available or potentially not for the Cardinals to target? Let's check out the offensive tag tracker here. Whoa, look at this. Yeah, boy. fancy boy, Damon Dog. <laughs> there it is, the tag tracker team position and, of course, player. We have not heard on anybody. I thought we'd maybe hear a little bit in between the tea leaves. But it's, it does sound like Baker Mayfield's going to make it to free agency, Saquon Barkley, Calvin Ridley. The the names to watch in terms of being tagged, I think, are Michael Pittman Jr. and T. Higgins immediately stand out, Bo. Yeah, guys that if, if the organization that uh, they're currently with can't figure out an extension, they're not just going to let them walk. So they're going to tag them, and then they're going to kind of hold them for ransom until they can find somebody to give them something an asset in return. And I think a guy like uh, Higgins would, people are going to start to look at, you know, what, what would be fair value in return? Would it be, you know, maybe a, a first round pick potentially? I think that would be pretty rich asking price. Plus you would have to sign him to an extension. Uh, but then we're seeing like, like Pittman could test the market and it feels like, you know, Baker Mayfield, wasn't he on a hot mic situation uh, over radio row? And it felt like, he's just going to resign with the the bucks. He, he appreciated the opportunity and they can find some even ground as far as negotiations go. But yeah, I mean, it's, 
it, it's still like you're seeing Brian Burns. Like Brian Burns, the reports are out of Charlotte and for the Carol around the Carolina Panthers are that the two sides aren't close on an extension. So mm-hmm. Carolina would be do the same thing likely that that uh, Cincinnati would do, where they would at the very least tag him and then try to find a, tr- a trade partner so they don't let a player at 25 years old just walk and the most they're going to get in return is a compensatory pick. So smart organizations are going to utilize the tag and it's, it's, you know, it's truly become somewhat of not what it's supposed to be used for. It's supposed to give, you know, organizations advantages as far as retaining talent, but instead it's like they're holding these players ransom and holding them back from finding, you know, more guaranteed long-term deals. Yeah, Owenu from New England, who has played uh, a good amount of both guard and tackle, specifically on the right side, doesn't sound like he's in the market to be tagged, Bo. But mm-hmm. it's also, you know, if you're New England, it's like, why are you not getting a deal done with him? If he's your best offensive lineman, he's 26 years old. A lot of people trying to connect the dots. Is he the guy that the Cardinals would target? I don't know that. What I can say is, like, I think the Cardinals' needs are going to be more on the left side of the offensive line and he has only ever played on the right side uh and playing left tackles is tough and playing left guard is tough so i if 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 he becomes available though you at least have to have the conversation they've already had they put their big board together we know that it was completed by february 1st that being austin ford and company but he's got to be a top guys that you're pursuing if they're if he's available he's mm-hmm. i mean he's been a great player ever since he was drafted i think he was in the same draft class as justin jefferson consistently in the top tier of PFF grades. I mean, he's a PFF darling. He had a really robust year for a bad Patriots offense. I can't imagine what Petsing and company are going to be able to do with him if, if he comes to the Arizona Cardinals. I think, though, if they signed him, it would give you a little bit of flexibility, and that's what they want, if you didn't get your tackle right away. Okay, so we didn't get our tackle. Can Owen New play, play tackle in a pinch, but we primarily want to use him at guard? That's that roster flexibility and that versatility that you always say Gannon alludes to like who can do a bunch of good stuff for us right Mm -hmm. who can really help us out like Justin Pugh say what you want about him like he kicked around all over the offensive line that ended up being a good signing for the Arizona Cardinals like can this be a better version of that but on the surface if they were signed Owenu I think it would be to play guard I think it would be to play next to Yelda Froldholt and then you're keeping the other tackle spot warm with Kelvin Beecham for a rookie to come in and, and play. Yeah. What have you seen any word? I just haven't as far as Justin Matabuke, the defensive lineman out of Baltimore, whether or not Baltimore would consider giving him a franchise tag. It's it's a pretty high value for the defensive lineman. I just haven't seen any rumors either way of what which way it could go. I mean, I, I would think that Baltimore would want to try to retain a player of the caliber of Matabuke and at least give themselves some more time to negotiate and hammer out an extension, but you know, it doesn't become tough when the player is staring down $20 million guaranteed for the season. I, I think, I mean, I don't know their cap situation. They spent some money last off season. They get, remember they gave Odell Beckham that stupid contract. Like they, 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 they paid finan- Roquan Smith a ton of money. Right. Didn't they? Yeah. They pay, they made some financial decisions that I think were out of character for them. So pulling them up, uh, now in real time on overthecap.com, the Baltimore Ravens cap space um, have $5 million. Now the cap is projected to go up from 
the projected 238 million to around 251. So everybody's going to get a little extra coin, but their cap space projecting right now, I'm mean, they're, they're paying Lamar Jackson 32 million, which is a good deal. Ronnie Stanley 26 million, Marlon Humphrey 22, Marcus Williams 18, Mark Andrews 17, Roquan Smith 13.5, Bowser their other tackle 7.5, Morgan Moses. I mean, pay, they're paying their kicker 6 million dollars. They're paying a lot of people a lot of money. So, I think at the end of the day it's just an economic decision. I don't think he's going to be tagged by them. I think yeah. that doesn't preclude them from getting a deal done because they're so good at that. They're so savvy, but I they're going to be, they would be over the cap if they, if they did that, even with the increase, because you're talking about a franchise tag that I correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't it in the 20 millions, 20 plus million dollars? Yeah, it's 20 plus. That's what's yeah. going to get, get you for the defensive lineman. Uh, look, there's a couple options and it's, it's going to be fascinating to see how the Arizona Cardinals, if, if their view is a, our main priority is solidifying the offensive front when you've got guys like Matabuke and Christian Wilkins potentially and, and still know we're out of South Beach and Miami and what the Dolphins would do with, with their big hog molly in the middle, the beef that they have on their defensive front. I mean, there, there's mm-hmm. two guys that I think immediately could could help out with one of the least you know talented position groups in, in the NFL right now. And, and like Matabuke like, and Christian Wilkins, they change how the Arizona Cardinals could play up front. Jalen Blair saying, does Matabuke scare you guys? Best season in the contract year, Jordan Phillips. I I mean, it's hard to be scared off by 13 sacks from a defensive tackle. Like his I pass mean, rush win rate was unreal this year. Like, and he, Even if he does half of that, yeah. even if he comes to Arizona and he has six and a half, seven sacks a year, it's infinitely better than anything they've had yeah. in forever. And you you need so much more than just no. hey this guy's a good player let's insert him like I think his analytics meet his dogalytics uh, pretty manalytics, well they, yeah. they, his manalytics take all the lytics he's got them all I I just feel like he he's the kind of tone setter that you can and we'll take a look at the the tag tracker for defenses here he is one of the few guys that could be available that allows you to be physical with your division rivals obviously chris jones is in that category as well brian burns almost a sure thing along with josh allen they get tagged but it's those two names toward the middle of the bottom christian wilkins justin matabuke and then i would also include leonard williams on a lesser tier but Mm -hmm. monitoring absolutely like you need to sign one of these guys like i think cardinal fans i'll speak for them will be disappointed if you're not in the market and you don't secure one of these guys. Because here's what it's going to come down to, Bo. Who is paying them the most money? You hit free agency. Yes, you need to vet the organization and make sure your family wants to live here and blah, blah, blah. Arizona, Phoenix, the greater Scottsdale area, it's a destination place to live in America right now. It's a top five economic climate in the United States right now. Everybody wants to live here. Mostly everybody. Yes, South Beach, Florida, they don't have state taxes. If you're contract exceeds the offers that Justin Matabuke or Christian Wilkins are offered by other franchises, they will come here. Like I'm sick of the narrative, like players don't want to play in Arizona. That's just absolute garbage. Get any agent on, on this podcast, on the phone, they would say they're going to take the most amount of money. Like Justin Matabuke has won a lot of games in Baltimore. Christian Wilkins made the playoffs last year. Cardinals are ascending franchise, but these guys get one 
shot, maybe two, but typically Justin Mariabuka is 26 years old. You think he's going to cash in again with a huge contract when he's 30, 31? He might. The analytics and the and prior contracts of this magnitude bowl would suggest this is it for him. So if you're trying to set up your family and your kids and your sister's kids and your parents and whomever, you got to get your money and get it now. So the Cardinals need to need to spend. You have all this money. You have no defensive linemen. Yeah. You see Brian Burns said he wants $30 million a year. Good. Damn. <laughs> 25 years old. The top what top five pass rusher in the league already? I mean, they're going to pay him that because they have no one and they have to. But like, good. These guys should. I always root for players to get their money. Do it. Go get your. This is a violent game with CTE ramifications. Hopefully not. But you know, you're 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 rolling the dice every time you put on a helmet. Go get your money. I, I JJ Watt came here because the Cardinals paid him the most money. Like, yes, the Cardinals were ascending at the time. He got the biggest, fattest check from the Arizona Cardinals and Michael Bidwell. That's why he came here. Yeah. It's not rocket science. I'll run through some of these chats. Got some good ones in here. Uh, we've got uh, Jason saying, are we good with Clayton Toon as QB2, or would we Tyrod Taylor or Jameis Winston be a smart addition? Yeah, you, I can answer that, and you can um, – speak your truth on it, Bo. I think we're trying to, we're trying to figure out what the plan is for the backup situation. I think that I, I know they like Clayton tune a lot mm-hmm. and we, you and I talked about this off air. I think it's going to be, and this may be tough for a lot of fans to hear. I think it's going to be another tune number two with competition from a Jeff Driscoll esque type of veteran. I, the more we kind of hear, I don't know if they're going to, and I think this is the wrong Avenue. I don't think they're going to play in the Jacoby Brissett sandbox. I think they're no. going to go with cheap, cheap, cheap at the position. Toon squad moves on. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the organization was bought in on a guy like Clayton Toon throughout last season, good for better or worse. Like they they gave him the QB two job, and if you think about the roster and how guys were moving up and down the depth chart the entire time, like Clayton Toon was steady. QB two the entire time, ever since he got drafted out of the fifth round out of Houston. So I don't think despite having a bad performance, historically bad performance against the Cleveland Browns, like there, there is, I would bet some understanding that, you know, they knew he wasn't ready for that. That's why they were very reluctant, even through uh, Colt McCoy and Josh Dobbs struggles to put him in the lineup. They put him out there. And he was that that last gas bridge to Kyler Murray. And then, you know, there was – I think that they're going to try to continue to build this guy up and that he could continue to be – when you're paying your starting quarterback what you're going to pay Kyler Murray, you have to have uh, – you have to make some concessions elsewhere. And, and you're doing that at the backup quarterback position. But that's also not without, you know, some sort of confidence that you can potentially figure it out down the road. So – yeah, I, I like what you're saying. I think it, it could match up with what we saw, how the organization uh, utilized Tune last season, that they're not just going to say, okay, we went through all that, and now we're just going to punt you to the curb, and we're going to bring in, and we're going to pay somebody you know, four or five times more than you to potentially play as much as you did last year too, which would be Do brutal. You, would you be disappointed, or would you support another day three quarterback selection? 
not early with as but- many picks as they have. Yeah, I don't, I don't have an issue with that. But I mean, is it going to be enough competition to potentially elevate what you need to see from Tune in his rookie to sophomore season? I think I would I would like to get a quarterback who maybe feels a little bit more comfortable and maybe Tune will feel better about it next year when they want to sneak the football and you you just don't have that option with Kyler Murray. Is there another is there a better option out there to be able to help you convert on short yardage? For a quarterback to come in and grab the ball, so you on want the, Joe Milton? I I don't know. I just mean like, can they? <laughs> David and I saw him in Mobile. He's the biggest human being on the on planet Earth. Huge. He's absolutely. I don't want like Jason Hill, but like, could you draft a player the caliber of that to help you offset some of Kyler Murray's? You know, you know, I don't want to say shortcomings and come off like a jerk, but like he can't Q- QB sneak it to their effectiveness, and they want to be able to do the tush push like. And Tune always looked kind of uncomfortable doing that. And it always made me go, oh, are they going to fumble? Is he going to get smoked here? Like, what's going on? I Maybe somebody who's just a little bit more comfortable doing that. I don't know. Because no. you're going to have, are you going to have three quarterbacks active on game day? You might. Yeah. Uh, it didn't seem like that was what they wanted to do at any point this season. Um, but uh, let's see. Anything else? Let's see. Um, no mock draft, Tej. We we did one yesterday. We'll uh, we'll do another one this week. Also, we'll have already starting to get some mock draft entries from all you great people. We'll we'll do that at the end of the week. Um, I see Eddie saying Kyler's going to miss time next year, like most quarterbacks. Not having a viable backup is lunacy. I agree with not. I agree with that statement to some degree. Yeah. I think I think they'd be smart to invest in a brissette or something. I don't think I don't think Tune has the luxury that he's going I don't think he's going to have the luxury that he had last year where they just no. didn't have any other options but like I I'm sure they'll they'll bring in some competition but I, I think also like they drafted him they developed him they're going to continue to develop him and that's going to play towards his favor until he completely tells proves him wrong. He had a good training camp too last year. Like I know he was going out. The the barometer was low. Colt McCoy couldn't throw the football. God love him. But like Toon, like Toon looked like an NFL. I will, I will say Toon's uh, he's a more talented thrower of the football than Chris Traveler. I mean, way way more. But at the same time, look. I mean, what's what are we talking about here? I mean, if yeah. if you can't if you can't complete passes, if you can't get into rhythm. Like, and, and that's a question I think that you is very valid about Toon. And I know the sample size is very small, but I understand it. Like you're coming off of preseason where he just completed over 50% of his passes. And then you had, you know, the, the game against Cleveland, which was just a, just hot garbage. You know, he's got, he's got, he's got a lot to prove. He's got a lot of lot to prove, but I think he'll have an opportunity to prove it. And I think he's, he's one of those guys when like April 15th, when you, you know, uh, non, First year head coaches can can start practices again. I think Toon is going to be there again from day one, playing and get they trying to get better. They're going to have some competition. They think he's going to rise to the competition that they bring in. Don Dollar ninety nine Super Chat. We just alluded to this. Did you hear about the salary cap going up twenty five million dollars again? The projected two thirty five to now two fifty two fifty one. Yeah, it only benefits the Arizona Cardinals, no. and it's why again sense of urgency with not a lot of players to re-sign of their own volition, yeah. go out and pay pay other people. Go it get was, a couple of big names. It was Jerry Jones saying, oh, did you hear Dak Prescott won $60 million a year? Hey, Raj, can you help me out? Can we, we boost this that up? <laughs> I like this comment here. Uh, Rondo, find a big day three QB for a sneak. 100%. Like, 
And again, like draft a quarterback. And if they beat out Clayton tune, that tells you everything you need to know about Clayton tune. But I, they have fifth and sixth round picks. Assuming that, you know, we all hate that though. On day three, when we're like, Oh man, so-and-so fell. And even though we passed on him 12 times, we think he could be a stud for us. And then they take a quarterback and they're like, Oh, what are you doing? That happens every year. And then that player that we love ends up going undrafted and we never hear from them again. Well, I, I mentioned Milton is more tongue in cheek, like just cause he's just a behemoth, but like yeah. you watch him in the senior bowl and you're just like, like this guy has all the skills, but my God, he is not a good quarterback. Oh, Giordano says it in the chat. I couldn't remember his name. Luke Whipler last year, the Ohio state center, uh-huh. had Tony Pauline, said that Cardinals were going to 100% draft him, and then the Cardinals literally couldn't pass on him more. They, like, rubbed it in the salt in the wound every time they picked. They're like, it's not going to be Luke Whippler. Our day two coverage. If you were doing the Luke Whippler drinking game, you were hammered drunk by the end of it because we mentioned his name every single just player that went off the board. Like, oh, I think Luke Whippler might fall right in the lap of the Arizona Cardinals, And, and, like, they passing him up. At least like five times that day. Yeah, he got drafted by the Browns. Didn't mm-hmm. play a game. Didn't play a game. Sad. Uh, you know what's not sad? The content right now. Go phnx.com. Become a diehard. We got some exclusive diehard content coming out via the PHNX Cardinals Discord. You will not want to miss. Plus, I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to be dropping insights live from Indianapolis that you are only going to be able to access. Unfortunately, not on this show. Not on the Twitter streets, but on PHNX Cardinals, the Discord. Behind the scenes footage, we're going to just be filming people without their permission, putting in the Discord, a bunch (laughs) of fun stuff like that. But no, in all seriousness, if you want a behind the scenes look at PHNX Cardinals at the NFL Combine, become a diehard right now. I promise you it will be worth it. All you got to do, go to gophnx.com, become a diehard, and you get a free hat and or shirt of your choosing. For every year, you're a diehard. It's not a one-off. You get access to 100% of the content, which is almost already all free at gophnx.com. But then if you're just thinking to yourself, I just I want to be there with Johnny Bowen, Damon and Company, Britton Golden, Shane, CHGO. I want to see it all, do it all. I'm just going to be taking videos, and I'm going to be throwing it in the Discord, and we're just going to let it rip, baby. From the Combine, you guys are going to love it, but you got to become a, p- a part of the community. you got to be a PHNX Cardinals diehard. You will not regret it, I promise. Are you going to be running film when we're out at the bar? Is it 2 a.m.? Well, that might be a little inappropriate. Yeah, probably. But I, think there, I mean, it's, it's going to be appropriate in the sense that, like, you know, probably during working hours, during business hours. Okay. You know, Brian asking if I'm going to – follow somebody uh, into the bathroom <laughs> like I did Anthony Richardson last year. It's on the table. It absolutely is. And the fact that Britton Golden, ex-Cardinal wide receiver, is coming with us, I think gives mm-hmm. me legitimacy. So if people see me talk to Britton, they're going to be like, <laughs> okay, this guy's legit. <laughs> this guy, I'll talk to this guy. I'll talk to this guy on my way to the John. Talk to John on my way to the John. You're dreaming, man. I don't know if that's what you think is going to legitimize Johnny. Britain, come over here. Come over here. Bleak <laughs> neighbors is heading to the bathroom. Britain, come here. Come over here. Britain's going to be like, get away from me. I don't know you. Oh, man. Uh, another great episode in the books. We're going to start looking at a couple of these. Hopefully, we'll have some tags and, and more uh, idea of who's going to be available for the Arizona Cardinals in less than a month when free agency opens. And, and so does that legal tampering window. Uh, before free agency by tomorrow we'll, we'll know who's tagged at least a couple of the players but we will have uh what are we going defense or offense tomorrow defensive uh free agent or offensive free agent? i think we're gonna go defensive free agent 
Um, let us know in the comments who you want as a defensive free agent and like this video. Let's get it to 300, 300 oh. likes today. Let's do that. Uh, have a great rest of your Tuesday, I think, right? Tuesday, and uh, we'll see you Wednesday on another edition of PHNX Cardinals.